1: Welcome back to the Road of His Overtime Listener Draft. We are underway. We are moving through. We are in two round. Sean, we're into round 13 at this point. We're a couple of picks away from our 1305 selection. Our team so far is Travis Kelsey and Dalton Schultz at tight end. We have CD Lamb, Drake London, Quentin Johnson, and Sky Moore at wide receiver. Running back room is pretty stacked. It's Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson, and David Montgomery. We finished the last show with the cliffhanger, the teaser, would a quarterback be a potential option for us here when we come back brian robinson goes off the board it looks like we will have an option of quarterback jimmy garoppolo was somebody who we potentially discussed. josh dob downs does go one pick ahead of us 210 at the 1304 sean so garoppolo is an option here and you did mention at the end of the last show a potential for quarterback build i think when we wait on quarterback like we have here i think you are putting yourself into the The realms of a four quarterback bill. So I am very much open here to going with Jimmy Garoppolo, who has slid quite a bit past ADP. Brock Party is there. You mentioned at the end of the last show his injury concerns. Who are you looking to slide in here at this particular point? Thirty seconds left. I I think Garoppolo is a a pretty smart play here.
2: Yeah. So when we're looking at QBs, we're sort of looking at those areas that the other talent available becomes very flat. Now you wait to this point, and the QB you're getting is not going to be anything that blows you away either. But if we were not going to take a QB, I almost think Jamal Williams would be the pick. And that's just too gross. I'm not going to be taking Jamal Williams in drafts. Touchdown machine. (laughs) So, yes, you get all of those touchdowns again inevitably. And never do we see a guy like a Damian Harris score a ton of touchdowns and then take a step back. But Williams... Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Deontay Foreman, Elijah Mitchell, Sean Tucker, a guy I have in Debbie quite a bit and am enthusiastic about, at least very much excited to see what he does in the combine column that may have already happened by the time you release this show. But Sean Tucker, someone we'll be keeping an eye on. Devin Singletary, our guy, still there. So there's a lot of depth still available at running back, but no immediacy in terms of having to get one of these guys on the roster at wide receiver. I don't think that's so much the case as that's just absolutely barren. The next player I like here is probably John Mechie who goes much, much, much later than this. Curtis Samuel vaguely interesting with Eric bien on board Taekwon Thornton. I mean, those are the guys really looking at, at wide receiver, which raises the question of whether or not we're strong enough at that position. Our receivers are Lamb, London, Quentin Johnston, and Sky Moore. You have three very young players, two second-year guys, one rookie. That might actually be a bigger weaker weakness on this roster than is the QB position. So that's something to keep an eye on as we move through the draft. The other thing that just happened is that Dalton Kincaid went in round 13, I'm sure there were a lot of participants who were hoping to land him, who were wondering where he would go. Again, that ADP is sitting in round 18. There was no chance that he would make it to that point, but still round 13. That's probably where the value is. So I think that's a good selection from Kevin, whose other tight end is Chig Okonkwo. Kind of like we're at with the wide receiver position, Kevin's tight ends have some pretty fun upside they have absolutely no floor but it's fun we we like to see drafters take some of that risk i think if you have a conquo as your only tight end through 12 rounds then you need to make a selection like kincaid somebody who could come out and maybe be the next rookie standout as opposed to taking a low ceiling guy who just never does anything for your roster. Those players will be available in rounds 17, 18, 19. There's no reason to take them here. So Brock Purdy does go. He is the third QB for the Achievers, who now have Trevor Lawrence, Jordan Love, and Brock Purdy. My guess is that every team in this draft is happy with their QB position. Nobody gets caught out entirely. Obviously, the teams like ours, where your QBs are not potent, You'd love to have more firepower, but you made that decision on purpose to get better production at some of the other selections. We really have three teams who have sort of faded QB. The other nine are fairly strong at QB. That's what I would expect to see in most of these drafts. Again, this experiment here has been a lot of fun so far. The drafters doing a great job with it. Callum we're headed into round 14 now how do you see the landscape overall how do you see what we need to do
1: i, th- I think it's pretty interesting i think all teams as you can see have different kind of initiatives or agendas in place as to how they are going to construct the teams I, I do think we're seeing a lot of the teams be able to make those changes on the fly which is something that i think is obviously that we want to see because they're listening to our content, they're making smart draft decisions, and that's what you, you want to see as teams pivot and make those right choices. So, as things stand for us, Sean, I think we're looking before the end of the draft to add another tight end. I think we're going to need to add another quarterback, and I really do think that we are going to have to flesh this roster out quite considerably at wide receiver. It is a situation, though, that it's not that exciting at the wide receiver position. You mentioned some of the options that you know when you want to potentially go in and get your next wide receiver at john Mechie, who is quite a bit away from here sean so if we're not looking at wide receiver at this point where would we potentially be looking there is some running back options that i'd be interested in but based on our roster construction so far i don't think that is the right way to go for people interested some of the running backs that are in this range sean mentioned jamal williams but Dante Forman's here. Uh, the likes of a Leonard Fournette, for example, but the Devin Singletary is here, Rashad Penny is here, obviously working through injury, and then somebody like Samaji P. Ryan would be in this range. But when we're looking through the option shown at wide receiver, it isn't very appetizing at this particular point. Tight end, though, Daniel Bellinger would be a potential option there, Isaiah Likely is there, Noah Fant. They're also players that kind of are not really exactly in this range, Usually a round or two later than where we'd be discussing at this point in time. So, what I'm trying to say is the players that I like most at this moment in time are the players that are multiple rounds uh, ahead of ADP.
2: Well, one of the things that happened to us two years ago on the team that finished second to Connor in the regular best ball tournament is that we ended up with a lot of running back firepower and we didn't have a second wide receiver to score enough to jump Connor in the last day. And so, I mean, you can obviously get locked out at receiver, even if you tend to be a receiver heavy drafter, but that team with the running back firepower carried us to that point. And if the value is really at the running back position, I think that's where you have to draft it. Right now we have four running backs. We have four wide receivers. I mean, you can make those flex positions, running back spots, you know if that's the best option for you as a drafter and so i I think that we do have to look at tucker here he would probably be my guy i mean at some point jamal williams is a pick that i think you have to make those would probably be the two players Devin singletary still available i don't think that there's a wide receiver that justifies a 14th round pick
1: well let's go with tucker i'm never i'm always on board with rookies getting in but uh, the the wide receivers are so flat here it's uh it's unfortunate and that is sean that's a historically speaking the road of his ot listeners will make wide receivers (laughs) very flat as we get into these mid rounds um because we'll we'll see a lot of those wide receivers drafted at this point deontay foreman was another player sean that i if we were going running back i was interested in you hyped him up on a recent draft with his some some big bowl predictions on his big performances was was he in the mix there with tucker or are you clearly ahead on, on tucker than foreman
2: well, I think that you are referring to, to Chuba Hubbard. To Chuba, yeah, who yeah. <laughs> I mean there's never a bad time to draft him. He does go here at the 1402. His actual ADP is in round sixteen. And so even though all the value is at running back, we still are having some of the the RV guys taken. Jamal Williams does finally go. That's to a team that didn't select a running back until round eight, but John now has Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kenneth Gainwell, Brian Robinson, and Jamal Williams. Even though some of those names are fallers, some of those names are out of fashion, it does again allow you to see how much value is available at running back. You can definitely take a zero RB approach. To this particular format. We did not, but it is viable. Column as we start to wrap around here. Our pick was the second in a string of four running backs in five picks. We're obviously not the only drafters who see this as being a better range for running back. And as I say that, Miller and Tank Bigsby, two of the really fun rookies, guys I probably would have hoped that we could get in round 15. They go at the turn. Carl Hungas continues his rookie drafting ways that is three in a row for him now we move into a time period where (laughs) there aren't a lot of fun selections at any position Rashad Penny starts to be a little bit more interesting what about Noah Fant Fant is somebody who because he disappointed last season does tend to fall I think that that makes him a strong pick here I mean the possibility for him to take a big step forward i mean from a dynasty perspective he's a must acquire whether it happens this year or next year i mean i think that fant has too much receiving upside and receiving is too important in the contemporary nfl for him to just sort of languish in the same role that he was in last year the other name i would mention here jelani was someone who was very trendy at a couple of moments late in the season and now there's uncertainty about you know, who the QB will be, how that offense will work. But I don't know that there is a justifiable gap between a conquo and Woods. And maybe Woods is someone we could even get if we allow it to wrap around one more time. Column Mechie might be a guy we should go to here and not get sniped in a listener draft. Taekwond Thornton, maybe in that same boat you've been pushing for receiver. We do have three or four good choices here. I'll let you make the pick.
1: Well, I would rather go wide receiver if you want to, to do that option. Uh, I, I do think that um I, I would probably rather Thornton, but I know you like Menchie. The, I think there'll be one of those tight ends available to us when it comes back. That's the reason that I would be more. And I, I do think with who's drafting along with us here, those wide receivers will probably not come back. And uh, with, with the options we have so far, with the four wide receivers we have taken, I think getting Thornton there, Makes sense. You've mentioned Menchie a few times, Sean, over the course of some of our recent podcasts. How how are you feeling about him in terms of sometimes you'll mention a player and listeners may think, I need to draft him in all my drafts, but how is your excitement level for Menchie heading into this season?
2: Yeah, I think you want to continue to track how the health is there. You need to continue to track the off-season moves that the Houston Texans make. looking at as a team where you have brandon cooks departing nico collins someone who probably has always been a little bit overrated now some of the things holding him back are just very poor qb play as well but i think if you take the guy with maybe even a wider range of outcomes a player we haven't already seen sort of flounder at the nfl level someone they drafted early and clearly wanted to be a big part of what they did last season now some of that is going to change As you have a new regime in place, we'll start to get some signals about whether he still is the guy as the offseason moves along. And one of the other things there, you'll you'll find a little bit more about his health. But I think that there is an opportunity for him in Houston that really wouldn't exist in about 30 other teams. But because he happens to be on the Texans, he's an interesting guy to select this late.
0: Hey, what's up, listeners? It's Curtis Patrick from the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. And now that you've taken your fantasy game to the next level, it's time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level, too. Epson just hooked me up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. It's an absolute game-changer. With an epic 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. With a 4K Pro UHD picture this big, I can evaluate plays and prospect game film like never before. Even my kids are as pumped for game day as I am. Go check it out by visiting epson.com slash rotoviz. And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: And Sean, you mentioned a moment ago when we took our selection of Sean Tucker, but before that, Devon Akane went, and then after that, it's Zach Ertz, Jamal Williams, Elijah Mitchell, kendry Miller, Tank Bigsby. <laughs> then we get Cream Hunt, Isaiah Hodgins, who we talked about a little bit earlier, and then Leonard Fournette. So we have had a, a run there. We take Thornton, then Ty J Spears goes. So there's a, there's a range there where there's only three running back selections and basically a full round of picks. So we did talk about it getting a little bit flat for wide receiver, but. To take Thornton there, I think, was an interesting pick. Frank takes Alec Pierce after that, who I think is somebody who, you know, there's going to be an upgrade here uh, in terms of the overall play, I think, for the 2023 season in Indianapolis. So we'll see how he does as well. Sean, I think that uh, I feel relieved after getting the wide receiver pick there. I did also hype up, and this really did not work out for us, earlier when i talked about potentially getting one of the wide receivers we wanted back earlier after the kenny pickett pick that did not work out for us in the way that i had anticipated but at the moment none of those tight ends have come on off the board i think fant is clearly the tight end that i would pick if we have an option for both of them we may have an option for none of them if things play out the way that they normally do but you mentioned woods i I thought he looked very good in certain points of last season but i there's Still a huge amount of rawness to what we've seen of him in the NFL. Do you think that that is the case, that he is still a very raw project that is is coming out here? I don't know if we'll see the the overall consistency from him.
2: Yeah, he was one of the, the really high ceiling, really low floor players coming out of the last draft. During draft season, he was probably trendier than McBride and Dulcich because of the athletic metrics his testing at the combine absolutely fantastic and then you're in the situation where the indianapolis colts are not a good offense they're especially bad as a passing offense and they're using other tight ends instead of him so the enthusiasm falls to more or less zero he's available in obviously all redraft leagues two-thirds of the way through the season and then it's a, a fairly strong finish so for him, again, we we have a very wide range of outcomes for his second year. But the Indianapolis Colts need weapons, right? You have Jonathan Taylor as your superstar running back, and you have Michael Pittman as probably not a star receiver, but a guy who fits into that second tier. But you've got to add guys around Pittman in the passing game. They have some hopes for Alec Pierce. Every once in a while, Paris Campbell does some things. But this is a team that beyond just the quarterback position, is a team that needs more talent. And I think from that perspective, Woods is a guy who could emerge. And anytime that you have this big athletic tight end, if he does hit, then it changes your offense. And it forces NFL defenses to attack you in a completely different fashion. They're going to have a lot of incentive to make him one of the focal points the question then is, does he deserve that? Can he live up that? That's the part of it that we don't know the answer to. It also may simply be a situation where the quarterback play again in 2023 because the Colts are one of these teams that consistently puts themselves in a position where it's difficult to find the answer. Do they have one of the rookies and does that rookie help them take the next step? I, I kind of think that that he does. And so I, I guess I'm probably enthusiastic about what the Colts will look like and even enthusiastic for Michael Pittman who was more or less on our do not draft list last season I think last season's prices didn't make any sense the flip side of that is that this season's prices are really pretty favorable for Pittman and some of the other Colts
1: yeah I think think that's what I was kind of getting at but I didn't want to be you know too overboard but I I think based on unfortunately Matt Ryan's play and they've been in a kind of a merry-go-round where they've been kind of stuck in a kind of quarterback purgatory that has kind of circled around year after year with Philip Rivers. You know, they obviously had a number of guys that have come in and played at the quarterback position for them. I think maybe it would make the most sense for them to, to see if one of these rookies is the answer rather than continuing to, to throw kind of good money after bad just try and see if they can solve it. Because it comes to your mind that maybe somebody like a Garoppolo or, you know, could come in and do the job, but yeah, it's it's a tricky situation from, what they've had and i think all options are going to be an upgrade for michael pittman and the entire wide receiver crew there but sean we have an option actually for both off the tight ends i think for me no Fant is a an absolute must draft here are you going to twist my arm to go in a different direction or are we going to go with NoFant?
2: Fant? we can go with Fant here i think the other pick that is potentially compelling would be rashad penny anytime that he is healthy he is a top five back in the nfl a lot of uncertainty surrounding him right now. As soon as those questions are answered, even if they're answered in a way that is not particularly favorable, I think that you will see him become more expensive. The other element of it is that once we find out which of the rookie running backs actually don't go into favorable situations, guys who go late or who are more or less blocked by two players those backs are going to fall out of this range, be more 19, 20 round picks. That'll move Penny up a little bit. So I think that the prices that we are getting on him right now are probably better than what we will get later. It's always a possibility that he goes you know, vaguely in that Will Fuller route, but I don't think any of us are expecting Rashad Penny to retire. He does go to Tim a couple of picks later. So we take, no, I should say the very next pick. So we take Noah Fant in the middle of the 16th round. Rashad Penny becomes the 1609. Colin, we still have plenty of other guys that we like.
1: And, in the and 17th just, to, round, just so. on your point there, I do think Penny would be a player that I would absolutely be targeting in this range if we if we hadn't already you know, invested so much at the quarterback position. Or sorry, at the running back position
2: we get a little bit of a feel for just how few running backs column wants there because we only have five and again there are going to be a lot of different ways to attack that super flex position one of the things that helps you if you're a little bit weaker at qb is to hit on some of these other positions you don't have to have two quarterbacks in column on the final week where we finished in the middle of the pack in last year's super flex tournament in the finals we didn't start two QBs and you say well that's why you finish middle of the pack as opposed to winning the tournament but you can get some scores from some other positions that's something we want to make sure that we do and consider as we work through here we are now one pick away Jelani Woods does go in the interim as well not that we would have taken a fourth tight end but that gives you a sense of where listeners are also seeing the value we were Fant versus Woods and Woods does go a few picks later at running back Penny goes but then Alexander Madison Jalen Warren two guys who would have then I don't know that Warren was really in the mix for us, but he's a good selection there, I think. There's no question about that. Most of the rookies have now dried up at running back. Zamir White is an interesting potential breakout player. Pierre Strong, I think, if Damian Harris departs in free agency, someone who could be a huge scorer if anything were to happen to Ramondre Stevenson, he's probably a little bit less exciting because we already have Stevenson on this particular roster at the wide receiver position marvin mims not somebody who is going in ffpc drafts currently but he's probably my wide receiver for in this upcoming draft we've talked about him on a few of the shows so Colin, it might make sense to go ahead and pick him and just be sure not to lose him there i'm probably wrong about mims he seems to be much much further down the list for most draft nicks and yet I mean, the profile is there. I, I don't really understand why Mims would be so far out of the mix.
1: Yeah, if there's ever a time to do it, Sean, the time is now. And If there's ever a time to go a little bit earlier than we might want to, the time is now. So uh, the time might be now for Mims. Is 2023 the time, though? The time to draft him was now, but the time for the breakout.
2: The Mims was excellent as a freshman in college. He's the guy who is much more likely to immediately transition successfully to the NFL than these players who took most of their college careers to even get comfortable with college football. That would be my pitch for him written an article about him recently. You can get some nuggets in both the first episode of the guide, and then we'll have a lot more coming out in volume two. We appreciate everyone who has purchased the road of rookie guide column. We're now a little bit more balanced at the receiver position, we are young. We like that. We have two rookies. We have three second-year players. And then to put them with C.D. Lamb, who was our foundation piece, I like the way that that is built. We've got three tight ends that we like. I mean, this is a, a balanced team. And balance has been one of our themes for the Superflex format. Albert Ogo is one pick after us. That's to a team that really weighted at tight end, and that's an interesting move. So that team now has Mike Kosicki, Trey McBride, Jawan Johnson, and Albert O. Another of the teams that waited was out of the eighth slot. They went with Cole Komet in round nine, and then Tyler Higbee and Gerald Everett in rounds 13 and 14. I think really the only questions about Higbee and Everett that have made their prices very palatable there is whether or not they were specific situational tight ends from the perspective of injuries, at the wide receiver positions in both los angeles franchises created a lot more volume for them than you would expect to have and then there have been whispers in the offseason that these guys could be salary cap casualties if they had to find their way on different teams then probably these prices would make more sense if they end up back in a similar situation even if the volume isn't quite the way that it was in 2022 when you're talking about round 13 round 14 those are Picks, I think you still have quite a bit of excitement about. We had mentioned the third team that had waited that had a conquo, and then Dalton Kincaid is the first two. That team goes with Isaiah Likely in round 15. The Baltimore Ravens and their passing attack as they get to a new offensive coordinator in 2023. That will be a team to watch, to monitor. They have so little talent at the receiving positions that it's easy to look at that team and say, this year more than last, and as tight ends get into that year two. And we reference Blair Andrews' work with the year two breakouts for tight ends. If they can go with Likely and Mark Andrews together a little bit more often, if they can get Likely more involved, I like him as a potential breakout. You're hoping that the offense is designed in such a way that he doesn't need a Mark Andrews injury to be relevant. But now we get a sense of how the teams that waited at tight end, how they were going to address it. You can see their balance of upside and floor they've done a nice job there colin we have three picks remaining what are you looking at from a positional perspective who are the names that appeal to you the most for these last three picks
1: the first thing i want to mention sean we're talking about positional perspective you said that we only had five running backs and that shows that i didn't want to draft any running backs we now have six wide receivers so we uh have finally Past the uh, number of wide receivers that we have of uh, running back, so I think that we were in a good spot. I think that also means that we have a lot of options of what we do over these next three picks. I did mention previously that I, I think another quarterback is probably something that I would probably do to round this team out of one of those three picks. If we're looking at quarterback, the name that really probably stands out the most and is. I think Malik Willis, Baker Mayfield is somebody who you touched on earlier. He is there. Sam Darnold is there as a potential option. So there's there's a couple of options. Billy Zappi is also there. So there's really four quarterbacks that you could potentially look at here moving forward. But my preferred option would probably be to see if we can get a, a little bit of a step forward here from Willis in the year two uh, versus the other guys. But at this point of the draft, they are they are certainly in the mix. And I think then we, we're probably looking at – I think we have the strength in this roster at the, the tight end position and Kelsey Schultz and Fant. I wouldn't be against taking another one, but I do think that a lot of the depth at the tight end position is is completely wiped out at this point. We're down at this point of the draft to tight end uh, 32. K. Otten was tight end 32 in the, the late 17th round, so there's not a huge amount of available options there moving forward so i'm really probably looking at, at one of each position at, at quarterback running back and, and wide receiver here sean as we we finish things out and i think we're we're probably looking at, at some rookies at those, those positions as well
2: and that's the way that i see it too so we're we're very much on the same page willis somebody who because of the fantasy profile specifically you want to look at him the receivers Getting one more would be nice if there is any option who will work at all. The names that we currently have in the queue, MVS, we'll see if he remains with the Kansas City Chiefs. If he does, even if he has another disappointing season, you're looking at a couple games of production. Khalil Shakir could be the number two. I don't think it's impossible that he passes Gabe Davis in the pecking order. The real concern that you would have is that the Bills emphasize that position in free agency in the draft. And that even if he moves ahead of Davis, he slides down further just because they actually want to make sure that position doesn't cause them the problems that it arguably caused them in their divisional round loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. We have Rishi Rice as a name in the queue. He's one of the players who I think offers sort of a stark contrast with Mims in terms of what their collegiate trajectories were. I think that he's being over-projected as a first or second round pick in the reality draft but if he does get that kind of draft capital then you're looking at him as a player that the team is going to push into opportunities and even if those opportunities don't come to fruition in the first half of the season the team is going to try him out he'll get a lot of targets in the second half that is obviously where you win fantasy leagues it's also where you're going to need to have players to address the bi-week issues and injuries that continue to mount up as the season goes along so while not really a target if he also falls because the rest of the league is not looking at him as well then that would be a possibility hunter renfro the top player here by adp and by a wide margin I mean, he's about the least interesting player in the <laughs> nfl after the way 2022 <laughs> went and his disappointment coming off of a very strong 2021 there were all these thoughts that he might be there wes welker or julian edelman and then injuries wiped him out entirely and the offense didn't really translate from the patriots to the raiders the way i'm sure josh mcdaniels was hoping hard to have confidence in that play and again it's just not a fun play and so that's one reason that he will fall but we know from blair's research also and again anyone who's interested in this, make sure you do check out the wrong read that the veteran players deep here do tend to be the guys who win leagues. So we'll keep his name kind of in the emergency category column. We just got up in round 18. The last handful of picks were kind of fun. Three of the running backs I was interested in went in Pierre Strong, Kenny McIntosh and Dwayne McBride. That probably pushes us off that position and to Malik Willis, did you have somebody else that we should be considering as well?
1: No, I think Malik Willis is the the way I would go. I, I was actually quite interested in MVS if he had lasted. He went at the 1806, which was two selections before us to Frank. Not the most exciting player in the world, but has that profile where, and I was actually surprised that it didn't happen more often or, or really at all in Kansas City this year. We've seen Isabel ability. To to work down the field and to have those big plays. We did see him get in the end zone a little bit towards the end of the season, but um I, I was surprised as to how little it worked down the field for him. You know, obviously they were trying to replace Tyreek Hill and doing that through multiple amount of players, but MBS a little surprising. But when we're looking at the players in this range, you mentioned Hunter Renfro, who goes to selection after us to Tim, but Adam Thielen is in there, Alan Robinson is in there. And obviously we we've mentioned Hunter Renfrew. There's quite a few wide receivers in this range who are really at the veteran end of their career. Robert Woods is in this range as well. But I, I don't think that MVS should be... I would have had a tier above these guys. And obviously that's splitting hairs because that tier is very low down the peck in order. But I think there is potential left, particularly in baseball. There's potential left in the tank for, for MVS to, to be able to cont- contribute those big games versus what the the other guys are going to do there. So do you think there is, is that the way you're setting those up, Sean, that, that he is, I guess we'll say he has a little bit of upside left for the other guys have, have no upside left.
2: Yeah. I I think that that's the way to put it. If you look at some of the guys who have already gone like a, a David Bell, we liked him. And yet his rookie season was about as bad as is humanly possible. Paris Campbell and Khalil Shakir both go a couple picks later. We know the way that they really project in terms of both floor and ceiling compared to somebody like MVS. I guess my concern would be, and we haven't really heard any whispers to this effect, or at least I haven't seen them if they are out there. And again, this podcast recorded a decent amount before released. So in the interim, there may be developments. I guess if if I'm running the Kansas City Chiefs, MVS is probably cut. And then if he's cut from Kansas city and he can't do anything with Patrick Mahomes, then I think you could even argue that he goes a tier below the players who are currently being drafted. Because if you can't, if you can't make it work with the chiefs and you didn't really emerge with Aaron Rodgers, do the other 30 NFL teams look at you and, and feel like you're the answer? Probably not. But I mean, those are things we, we might've said about someone like a Z Jones in the past as well. And He had a fantastic season last year. So we wouldn't say that it's a 0% chance, but MVS does still need to stay with Kansas City. And even there, and you're probably only getting his score into your lineup two or three times. But that's where we are when we're taking players in round 18, round 19. It wraps back around. Collum and Baker Mayfield is still there. We could go with five quarterbacks. The other name that I put into the queue here, I mean, we weren't going to be able to get most of our signature players in this draft we didn't get the sam Howe. we didn't get dalton kincaid we reached a little bit on marvin mims i mean is it kj hamler time
1: i, I think it should be i think just for you know just for old time's sake it definitely should be i, I think looking those though Sean, the other player i was going to ask uh you know obviously coming off an injury and missed all of last season but tim patrick being a, a bronco as well as somebody who is Going down in this range, I think that it'll be interesting to track that recovery, but I'm on board with KJ Hamler. If that's the way you want to go, um, I'll never turn down a KJ Hamler selection. KJ Hamler could be like the, the wide receiver version of Rashad Penny, where you just have to keep drafting him every single year onto the year that it just wins you all your legs Is that what we're going for? Yeah.
2: I mean, it's KJ Hamler, he's still a top 30 NFL wide receiver. So We'll see what happens to him now that you have a competent coaching staff in place. I mean, really, when the player is trendy, that's not the time that you want to be on him. So I you could argue that the only reason he's been trendy in the past would be that we were overdrafting him, but I like the way he fits in to this team. Jerry Judy emerging as an absolute star, but Cortland Sutton probably just a guy they need the speed and the playmaking ability. They need the vertical element of a KJ Hamler. If they're going to be able to pull a failing quarterback like Russell Wilson back from the brink, you've got to have that talent out there. Perhaps he can be, again, the thing that people talked about last year, maybe it's just a year early in terms of him emerging as the Tyler Lockett in that offense. And if nothing else, selecting KJ Hamler, always good karma
1: always always good karma and adds another wide receiver which is also also good so sean we just have one selection left at this particular point when we talked after our 17th pick we kind of said we would like a quarterback a wide receiver and a running back are you still looking to add that additional running back if the option is there when it comes back in the the 20th round um james robinson is somebody who's in the queue. amir white you mentioned as a potential you know potential breakout candidate they are both in the queue as available options is is running back the preferred option here as things slide back around?
2: Yeah, it's a possibility. Rice is still there, and the argument we made for him a few minutes ago still applies. If he is your pick with the eighth selection in round 20, I think you're okay seeing what happens over the next couple of months. And maybe that's a, a player who really adds a lot of value i like james robinson i think that zamir white is somebody that you'd have to consider really carefully i do feel a little bit of that regret at this point that we've made four quarterback selections because if baker mayfield is there at the end of round 20 i, I think that you would have to look at him as a very real option Colin, what's your feeling here? Burning another roster spot versus having that super flex position, flexibility, knowing how strong our roster is at the other positions because we waited on tight end, and knowing the relatively limited chances that any non-QB pays off. If we're talking about a potential starting QB versus any other player drafted in round 20, the payoffs there seem very skewed to the quarterback.
1: Sean, what I'm going to say here is, uh, what, what what I'm going to say here is, we took one Geno Smith in the 20th round last year. Baker Mayfield could be, is he, is he ready to go and bring us on that journey again here? Uh, the, the point I would make, and you've already kind of touched on it, is any non-quarterback is not going to have the, Potential upside at this particular point. Well, I won't say that's not that it's not any chance, but there's strong likelihood that Baker Mayfield is going to outscore any of these guys if he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. The other thing is that because we waited on quarterback, I do think having the upside there. Like realistically, if we get a 20th round running back here, the possibility that he's going to be out scoring all of the running backs on a weekly basis that we have here is is unlikely, barring. All these running backs getting injured. So, funnily enough, at this point of the draft, the position I'm least confident in is the wide receiver position, and I think we do have. uh, We've made a couple of very very nice picks since the tenth round to, you know, strengthen that position with Hamler, Mims, Thornton, and Sky. Morad adding them in there, so I would not be against. (laughs) A five quarterback build is not what I had set out to do here, but I did think we were probably in the range of four. So I, I wouldn't completely be against it have you checked how that works out in the uh the winning percentages here is it optimal has it ever been done before sean that is the question
2: well certainly you're going to have teams that have
1: it's going to be a limited sample size but
2: uh, especially this time of the year too because what we're trying to do with these picks is to have as few throwaway picks as possible that's the other reason that i really like waiting on quarterback At this time of the season where in August, perhaps you wouldn't because you've got a better sense of the other types of players or the other specific names who are exciting in round 20. Right now, that doesn't apply in nearly the same way. So I think if you're going to wait on QB, if you're going to do a zero QB build, and then, as you mentioned, splurge and take more than the optimal number, now would be the time to do it. I think that taking a QB versus throwing the pick away is a pretty straightforward decision
1: yeah okay let's go we are going to do a follow-up podcast as well after the draft finishes up which is going to talk through some of the team some of our thoughts but uh yeah sean some of the questions have come in already in the chat is if we could and we're going to save this this is a teaser if we could change one pick what it would be and i'm guessing the when we answer that question is going to be that one of these quarterbacks would not have been a quarterback pick earlier in the draft but we'll we'll hold off and we'll save that for a future time but sean as we look through our team finishing up this draft is travis kelsey cd lamb Brees hall kenneth walker ramondre stevenson drake london kenny pickett dalton schultz quentin nelson and desmond Ritter that was our opening 10 picks our final 10 picks center david montgomery skymore jimmy garoppolo sean tucker then we get taequan thornton Fant, marvin mims malik willis kj hamler and baker mayfield so rounding it out It is a five-quarterback build, but we still have 15 other selections that aren't quarterbacks, Sean. That's what we're looking at. Lots of youth in there. I think lots of talent in there. So we will recap that on an upcoming show. As always, make sure you are subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed to get all shows once they are available. Thank you for tuning in and listening through the draft process as we make each and every pick while on the clock, talking through our thought process as to why we are going in that direction. I hope you've enjoyed watching along my name is Colum Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. You can check out all of Sean's work on rotoviz.com. And until we are back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rodavis Radio. Please rate and review the Rhodeves Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rodavis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?